Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, while corporate governance is a term that all business owners will be familiar with, how good are Irish businesses at applying these principles in reality? David Duffy is an author on the subject and CEO of the Corporate Governance Institute, and he joins us now to tell us more. David, before we discuss corporate governance, provide us with an insight into your own background. I got involved in corporate governance in kind of 2004, when I was doing a lot of corporate governance work for Enterprise Ireland. And I was looking for a book on a topic that was Irish and couldn't find one, so I wrote the first one. And it was neither popular nor profitable, and still isn't. Um, I have written two more since, published by the Institute of Chartered Accountants. And I suppose my practical experience is I've done about 200 evaluations of boards of organisations in Europe and the UK and Ireland. So that has given me a massive background in terms of uh, understanding corporate governance from PLCs to charities to you know, private organisations to approved housing bodies and so on. So how would you define corporate governance? Corporate governance is the system of structures, um, processes and systems that underpin an organisation and they start at the board and then they should cascade down through the organisation. And it's the board's role is to make sure that these are in place. And from your experience, what is understanding of corporate governance like here in Ireland? Well, I think you, you need to segment the market here. So the PLCs would have you know, a reasonable understanding. Um, state boards would have a good understanding. Uh, charities would have a good understanding. Approved housing bodies would have a good understanding because these are all regulated entities. And what that means is that they have to abide by certain minimum corporate government standards. And in any of these cases, you know, an inspector from the regulatory body can turn up on their doorstep any day of the week and um, ask them to uh, demonstrate that they're adhering to the regulated corporate governance guidelines. Where there's no regulation, it would be in private companies and they can be, you know, the corner shop or live or large private entities. And um, they probably don't pay as much attention to it as as they might because decisions there can be made around the kitchen table uh, or for the larger ones, uh, it could be a family or whatever. And that's where um, probably it needs a bit more focus. So, for example, in the UK, they're thinking about bringing in uh, corporate governance guidelines for large private companies, but these would be very large private companies compared to what we get in Ireland. Which activities provide evidence of good corporate governance practices? Well, the first place you would go to is their website. So if I'm ever uh, being interviewed on the radio or or TV, I, I go to see what's on the website. So you'd expect to see there the bios of the directors, which should demonstrate they have the capability actually to be directors. You might also see um, uh, terms of reference of various board committees. And um, for example, um, EasyJet and, and Ryanair are very good at that. They have a lot of corporate governance information on their website. If you're a charity, uh, your accounts should be on the website um, because charities should be very transparent about their activities and how they spend donor money. You'd also want to see that there's regular rotation of board members and you can check that in the company's registration office so that you're getting good board renewal and you're getting you know new ideas into the boardroom on a regular basis. Maybe just some of the facets of it. In the annual report, you'd like to see a statement of corporate governance and how they meet their governance obligations either um, under the regulator or just under good corporate governance practice. 
And from the 200 plus audits that you've completed over the years, David, where do companies or organisations usually fall down? A number of areas. They spend probably too much time on the here and now and not enough time on the future direction of the organisations. And that's the, the strategy. I mean, McKinsey have done a lot of work in this area and they would say that a board should spend at least 40% of the time on the future because uh, looking into the past is not a good idea. And you can be consumed by the present, uh, as a lot of boards were during COVID, um, because they had to be. Um, but really, you want to spend a lot of time in the future. The other area where boards can be weak is that the reporting against the strategy isn't what it should be. And that's of all the board reviews I've done, that is an area of weakness. Um, they're very good at reporting you know, uh, financial uh, numbers because of the set format for that, but actually... Reporting against strategy is, is more difficult. And the other area would be risk and board renewal. So a lot of the regulated bodies, the most time you can spend on a board is nine years. So if you're, if I'm doing a board review and I see somebody's been on the board for 20 years, well, is that person still bringing good ideas to the board? Probably not. And they're probably taking up space that should be used by somebody else who might make a more valued contribution. What would you say to boards and presidents and chair people of boards where they find it hard to get voluntary board members to take part in the organisation? That's a fair comment. I think you've got to sell the opportunity to people and you need probably three or four documents to do this. One, you need a strategy for the organisation which lays out with absolute clarity where uh, the organisation wants to bring uh, the organisation. There should also there should be solvent. Uh, you, don't, you don't want to join a board that's not solvent because you lose your house in a worst-case situation. You also want to know they have an ESG policy or strategy. Um, and if those things are in place, it might make it more attractive for people to join who are informed about this is a low-risk environment because a director doesn't want to join an organisation where it's risky and their professional or business reputation might be at stake by joining an organisation where they find out when they get in that, boy, this is what isn't what they signed up to, and they find out the governance is poor, uh, there could be a toxic board culture, and they don't realise the importance of actually uh, ongoing board renewal. Um, so there's actually public companies in Ireland who have had people on the boards for 20 years who are still there and have done nothing about it. Of course, there have been some notable corporate scandals over the years. Which ones stand out for you and what lessons have been learned from these failures? Well, close at home here, we have had the FAI, unless you've been living on Mars for the last uh, 10 years. <laughs> you know, the, the people around the boardroom table there uh, would not have been educated in uh, the benefit of good corporate governance. Um, and uh, there may not have been the processes to uh, ensure that there was ongoing board renewal. And I think there was an awful lot of cliques around that board who wanted to you know, maintain the status quo for whatever reason. And I'm not that close to it. So that was an organisation that just shot themselves in the foot. They were bust and they were looking up to be bailed out by you know, various parties. Um, and that's, I'm not saying these people were incompetent. They just probably weren't aware or educated in the benefits of good corporate governance. Because, you know, if you're um, an investor or you're a donor or you're the government, you're not going to be putting money into organisations where there's questions over the integrity of the board or their competence because you know they are spending somebody else's money or even members money when it comes to a place like the FAI. And when it comes to inducting new board members how important is it to have a structured training program for that to include areas such as corporate governance? 
It's imperative. And actually, one of the areas that I come across in board evaluations is that induction is generally not done that well. So induction should cover um, the strategy of the organization. It should cover their culture, their values. It should cover their uh, business model and, and their financials, but also the corporate governance and the nature of the legal entity. So, for example, a lot of sporting organizations are associations. They're not legal entities. And an association uh, is, uh, will not protect the board members in the same way that a limited liability company is. So some of the larger sporting organizations here are in associations, and that will expose the people on the boardroom table to liability if, if, if something goes wrong. Talk to us about those liabilities that those board members take on responsibility for. Well, the responsibilities are, if, if it's a limited company, they must make sure that they adhere to the Companies Act. And for the first time in 2014, it actually spelled out what the responsibilities were. But they're also responsible for making sure that, you know, the VAT returns are made, POE returns are made, that they, that they um, um, get their accounts audited, that they, they have appropriate financial systems, uh, that they adhere to any environmental law, and the like. So there's a, lo- a lorry load of things they need to know about. And, you know, one of the things that I'm often asked is what questions should I ask before I accept a, a board uh, uh, appointment? And these are the sort of things you would ask about. You know, do I believe in the strategy? And uh, am I convinced they're, they've, a, you know, a reasonable business plan? Am I convinced that they have the funding going forward? Um, do I like the values of people around the boardroom table? And one way to find out about that is actually to either talk to existing board members, but you probably get more out of former board members who are more likely to open their kimono and tell you um, what it was really like on the boardroom table. Or indeed, um, former executives will tell you what it was like on the boardroom table. So it's really important to understand that before you join a board. And uh, I mean, I know a lot of people, probably including myself, 10 or 15 years ago, say you're phoned by somebody that you... Uh, um, revere, and they ask to go on board and say yes straight away. I always tell people, say, that's, I'd love to meet you for coffee about that and let's have a chat to understand what role they want you to play on that board and does it fit with your own skill set and does it fit with your own non-executive uh, director career if you have one in mind. And one area that's becoming very important to boards right across the world, including Ireland, is ESG, Environmental, Social and Governance Talk to yeah. us about that. So basically a board uh, at a minimum should do no harm to the planet and do no harm uh, to people. And hopefully they might, they might enhance the planet and enhance the lives of people. Um, what's happening now is that the remit of board directors is moving beyond just um, financial returns. Uh, they're now are under pressure from investors to make sure that they have a broader uh, view of um, the role in society, and that includes the environment and, and, and people as well. You know, so that you know, you're not employing people in developing countries who are getting you know three rupees an hour and they're working you know 16 hours a day. So if you're on a board in Ireland and you're sourcing products from these countries, you need to make sure that that product is ethically sourced. And there's many other good examples of that. Um, so it's it's very broad. Uh, it's very new. I mean, when I was when we were developing our first diploma in corporate governance two years ago, we had four slides in ESG, and um, now we're bringing out a whole diploma in it in, in the autumn because the demand is enormous for people wanting to know about it.
David, provide us with an overview of the programmes currently being offered by the Corporate Governance Institute. So we have a diploma in Corporate Governance and that is accredited and it's online and you can just pay your money and take six months to do it and it's accredited by Glasgow Caledonia University who specialise in lifelong learning. Um, we're also bringing out a diploma in ESG which will be also accredited by uh, Glasgow Caledonia University and that's online and accredited. Both of those will be first in the world in terms of being online and accredited. There's nobody else doing it. We also have what we call certificates, uh, which are three-hour programs, one on ES2, which is kind of a taster at ES2. We've one on digital transformation because post-COVID, a lot of directors and executives are saying, well, what do I do to move from being, you know, the historic um, offline organization to maybe more hybrid? Uh, and then we've one on company secretaryship, and the last one's on cybersecurity. And we've seen massive um, cybersecurity attacks in Ireland on the HSE there a couple of years ago, which cost them millions. And the average um, payoff on a cybersecurity attack in Ireland is two grand. Um, and these are generally launched by um, people from overseas countries who aren't that well uh, regulated. And earlier this year, Corporate Governance Institute raised €2 million Euro in funding from the yeah. Davy EIIS Fund. Yeah. How has this funding been used to grow the business? Well, it's very simple. It's been used in product development. So the Diploma in ESG is a big investment for us. So um, I'm actually reviewing one of the modules as we speak. Um, and that will be delivered in the end of September. And we're also hiring people. So this time last year, we had about eight people. Now we have 23, I think. And we'll probably hire another five or so before Christmas to bring us up to you know, late, late 20s. Uh, and then the rest is in marketing. And that's um, two areas. One is content. So we, we produce 50 pieces of content every month trying to educate our market. You know, the role of the board, cybersecurity, um, what is a non-exec director, and so on. And then we also spend the rest on Google Ads. Um, and that's where most of the money goes. And all the people, of course, who support this. So we've about 10 people involved just in marketing. And of course, corporate governance will be at different levels of priority on boards depending on what industry and what country you're focused on. So what yeah. are the top markets that you're looking to grow your business into over the coming years? Well, we start over the Ireland because that's where I've been reasonably well known. But the big market for us is the UK with about 4 million directors of organisations. Uh, so, for example, um, you know, we'd be after, there's about 1,000 companies on AIM, that's the lower stock exchange in the UK. There's 900,000 directors of charities in the UK. But we'd be after the top kind of, you know, 5% who would have the resources to uh, buy the course. Um, and then it's kind of the rest of the Europe, uh, the Middle East. Um, we've had some traffic from the US, uh, but we're still learning. But we currently have had customers from um, 28 countries uh, so far, um, from far afield. Um, the Maldives, would you believe, uh, who did one of our online courses run by Zoom, and they were starting at, I think, 10 o'clock at night because of the four-hour time difference oh. for the people who are doing it there. Um, but certainly the UK is a big one for us at the moment, and, and the rest of Europe. We get a lot of people from multinationals doing it too because they want to know how the world works. Um, and we also operate through a distributor in Malta and a, a distributor in 
Dubai. Uh, he is just visiting the uh, programme to about 10 countries in the Middle East. So it's still early days. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was David Duffy from the Corporate Governance Institute. And I'd like to thank David for sharing his vast knowledge of the subject with us this morning. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.